Welcome to This Word is Your Life with Pastor Alexander Arthur, coming to you from Word of Life Christian Center International in Nashville, Tennessee. Tonight, we're going to talk about how to receive the goodness of this God that we call our Father. How to receive the goodness of God. Now, so this will be lesson number five. And point number one of lesson number five says, we have to believe to see. If you want to receive good God's goodness, you have to believe in this goodness so that you can see God's goodness. You have to believe to see. If you want to see the goodness of God in your life, it must be first believe, begin with believing. Even though I have this uh, scripture, just some another scripture, just jump in my spirit. Well, let's read this and we'll get to that. Let's go to that. What on, on the screen, and it says Psalms 27 verse 13. And will you please give us the amplifier? Well, let's read it quickly, and we'll go to the amplifier version. It says, "I had fainted, passed out, given up, quit, cave in, unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living." And so you have to believe to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of living. That's important. If you want to see the goodness of the Lord in your life, you have to believe it. Now, let's look in the Amplified Version of this. It says that, what, what will have become of me? What, what will, if I had not believed that I will see the goodness, to see the Lord's goodness in the land of the living? It says, what will have become of me had I not believed that I will see the Lord's goodness in the land of the living? So in a sense, what this is saying is this, that there is the goodness of the Lord available to you and I as God's children. And this goodness of the Lord, if you're going to walk in it, experience it, that is see it, it will take you first believing it. That's why believing is so important. Because here David is saying, what will I become of him? Think about this man that uh, when he was a boy was able to kill a giant. And then the king of the land got angry with him and was jealous of him when the women of the land began to sing uh, songs that said, well, you know, Saul has killed uh, his hundreds, but David has killed ten thousands. And, and it just, he just couldn't stand it. That somebody, this uh, in a young uh, uh, guy can go ahead and kill a giant when he was running away from that giant. And not only that, the women now are proclaiming him to be far greater than he was. So he was jealous and, and, and the Bible speaks of it in, the Dick's, in, the, uh, in Dick's uh, Bible. He uh, actually gives 21 different occasions that uh, Saul sought to kill David. And David went from one cave to another, to another. I remember when we were in Israel recently, last November, uh, they took us to one of the caves called the Adullam Cave, where David went and hid. And, and so the point is that David is saying that, listen, 
If he had not believed that for God to protect him, he wouldn't have seen that protection come into his life. That's what made him write that song. So he would have fainted. He would have passed out. When the king is after you, my goodness. In those days, uh, there was no uh, court system that would determine whether you were right or wrong or whether you were guilty or innocent. When the king wants your head off, it's, it's all over. And here was this man running from King Saul all his life. And he said, I will have fainted. I will have quit, given up, caved in if I had not believed to see the goodness of the Lord. And I'm saying to you tonight that you have to trust God. And when we talked about a Sunday, trusting God is the same as believing God. We talk about trusting God's grace. Here David said, trust in God's goodness. If you have to trust in God's goodness before you can experience it. You have to believe in God's goodness before you can experience it, before you can see it. Praise the Lord. And in the midst of darkness, in the midst of confusion and anxiety, in the midst of all kinds of circumstances that are, are milling around us, as we can tell going on today, even in Washington, D.C., in the midst of all of that, we, we have to, you know, remember that God is good to us. And no matter what happens, we're going to make it through. Hello, it's not government that takes care of us. If you're a child of God, government is not our God anyway. Amen. You know, God is our God, and he's our Father, and he will take care of us. I don't see why people will go out there and just create all that violence. It's unnecessary. Trust God. If you trust God, if you believe in God, you will see his goodness. And in no matter, in fact, look at this scripture that one of my sons in the ministry in Ohio called me a few minutes before I got in. And, and he just was livid, just angry uh, that uh, these people did what they did today. And was, I haven't been able to, uh, I've been so busy today, I've not really paid much attention to it. But in any event, and so he was telling me all of that, what is going on. And, uh, and so he said, Papa, tell me, what should I do? I, he was just livid. And, and I said to him, uh, well, let's look at the scripture that I gave him and two other places. But... Uh, Go to uh, uh, Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 7. Listen to what it says here. And I remember now the children of Israel and, uh, have been taken captive and brought to Babylon. And they were being oppressed there. They were being dominated there. They were being exploited there. And here God tells Jeremiah to tell them, and seek the peace of the city would have caused you to be carried away captives. And pray unto the Lord for it. For in the peace thereof shall you have peace. Uh, he didn't like it too well to hear that. But, but my point is, is that even when we are in a dire straits, God still wants us to pray because we are not the victims. I get him here. The moment you see yourself a victim, you have lost your, your, your authority and your privilege. You are a victor. In any given situation, you are still a victor. No matter what is going on, if you believe to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living, you are a victor. No matter what. So God is telling them, listen, you pray for there to be peace in the city. 
Because, you know, you wouldn't expect those who carry captive to do that. They want a confusion. They want chaos. They want anything but peace to that city. Because those people were the ones who took them captive. You know, those who went there, Daniel and, and the Jewish boys, they were, they were taken captive over there. And whilst they were there, God would say, pray for that city. It's like during the time of slavery, God telling slaves, pray for your slave masters. Because them having peace, you will have peace. It's difficult to, to really accept that. I listen to me here. But if you truly believe in the goodness of the Lord, you will see the land, uh, uh, peace, you have the peace and goodness in the land. If you believe it, you will see the goodness of it. And so that's what point number one is talking about. We have to believe to see. We have to begin to release our faith in this area. Just like we're releasing our faith in all the areas for finances to come, for promotion to come, for healing to come, we have to release our faith in this area. And no matter what we encounter, we've got to believe to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And we will see it, no matter what. Are you listening to me? Let's go to point number two. It says, the mouth is a key to receiving. For nothing just happens. The mouth is a key to receiving, for nothing just happens. Your mouth is an instrument, is a device, it is a vessel, it is the organ, it is a key to you receiving from God. Why is that? Why is the mouth so important? Well, let's look at Proverbs chapter 12, verse 14. And let's look at it in the Amplified version. We're going to, we're going to stay in the Amplified for a while. In Proverbs chapter tw- uh, 12, verse 14, in the Amplified version, it will say to you that from the fruit of his words, mm, a man shall be satisfied with good. If you want good, let the fruit of your words come out. Your mouth is the key to receiving from God. And he's saying here that it is from the fruit of your words. Because sometimes people don't remember the seed of the word that they sowed. They only see the fruit. And when the fruit is not good, don't blame the fruit Blame the seed. Because the seed is designed with the uh, property or the characteristic or the character or the profile to produce a harvest. That is the, 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 the ability that God designed a seed to possess, which is to produce fruit. And so if you don't like the fruit, you don't blame the fruit, you blame the seed. And so the seed here are the words that will come out of your mouth. If you want goodness to come in your life, for you to experience goodness, then your words may be, should be the words of good. Go to Ephesians 4.29, using the Amplified Version again. Ephesians 4.29, listen to this. In the Amplified Version, it says, Let no foul or polluting language nor evil word. You know what an evil word is? A word that is against God. That's an evil word. 
It's against God's word. Remember when the children of Israel sent spies to go into the land to spy? And when they came back, what they brought, God said, was what? Evil report. Words that they came and shared with the people that stayed in the congregation, what they said to them, God called what they said as evil report. You know, what they said was factual. I get him here. What they said was factual. Yeah, there were giants in the land. Yes, was a fact. The grapes that they, were bra- they brought were big grapes that they had to carry them on their, on their shoulders. That was factual. The walls of the city were all walled high and thick to the point where in Jericho, it had to take the, the, the angelic forces to really tear the, 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 the walls down. So everything they said were factual. But God called those factual report evil report. Why? Because though there were facts on the ground, there were facts on the ground, it was a question, what would you believe? What God has said or what you found out by the facts on the ground? For more information on Pastor Alexander Arthur or Word of Life Christian Center International, go to WLCCI.org or call 615-876-3086. And please consider joining us in person for services Sunday mornings at 1030 and Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. Or join us for our virtual services on both Facebook and YouTube. Thank you all for listening to uh, this program this morning and I hope it was a blessing to you. And now uh, I want, for those of you who have never had the opportunity to invite Jesus into your life, uh, that you pray this simple prayer with me. I say that Jesus, I invite you into my life. Thank you for using your blood to wash away all of my sins of yesterday, today, tomorrow, and forever. So the Father in heaven can accept me and take me as his child. And I declare, because I believe that you are the Lord and the Savior, that I am now born again, child of God. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. At Word of Life Christian Center International, we believe in the power of prayer. Send us your prayer requests by email at worship at wlcci.org or by phone at 615-876-3086. You can mail prayer requests to us at WLCCI, P.O. Box 23421, Nashville, Tennessee 37202. And remember, for all you're getting, get understanding, for the word of life changes lives. Welcome to This Word is Your Life with Pastor Alexander Arthur, coming to you from Word of Life Christian Center International in Nashville, Tennessee. And what it is, it took the words from their mouths to make the choice as to which one they will select. Whether the facts on the ground that the spies brought back or the word of God that Moses was given by God to give to the children of Israel. Mike to Minister Lisa. So in a sense, the point simply is this, that whenever, the reason why your, your, your mouth is critical to you receiving from God 
is because you used your mouth to put out words, to bring out words. So you have to watch what comes out of your mouth because eventually it will determine whether you live under a fruit that is evil or a fruit that is good. Uh -huh. I, it brought to my mind what was happening in the first section when it says we have to believe to see. Mm -hmm. But in the case of the example that you gave to, of the evil report, a lot of people do this. They see to believe. Yeah, that's good. And so facts are not necessarily faith-based. Mm -hmm. I, I, yeah, I know we good. talked about this before. Mm -hmm. Facts can change, but truth never changes. And so it's very important for us to not necessarily speak what we see, but speak what God has said, yeah. so that what we see will become what God has said is going to be. Yeah. So thank you for that, Pastor. Yeah, well, God bless you. Well, what it is, what, I'm glad you said that. You speak what you believe, not what you see, unless what you see matches what you believe. You see what I'm saying here? And so we see, we speak what we believe until we see what we spoke that we believed. And so we don't necessarily believe facts. We believe truth. Because facts change. It's like the person that does not believe in absolute truth. If you don't believe in absolute truth, you will like facts. You believe facts. Because if you don't believe in absolute truth, then you will say the truth is relative. And nowadays, you hear people talk about, I'm going to speak my truth. And they say that, in a sense, they say they're going to speak what they have experienced, they're going to speak what they know, but if what they experience and what they know don't match or doesn't match what God has said, it cannot be the truth. They can say, I want to speak what I know. I can speak what I experience. But don't call that the truth. If what you say and experience, it's like the person who, who doesn't believe in healing because they knew somebody who got sick and was prayed for, didn't get well, and, and the person died. And so therefore, I don't believe it. It doesn't change the absolute truth that God is a healer. And so what we're saying here tonight is, is that your mouth is a key to your receiving from God. And so God may have something that he has pre-planned, pre-ordained, pre-arranged for you to enjoy in this life, but it will take your mouth, and I just, I think I put on point number two, that it takes your mouth, let's go on the, on the screen again and look at the point number two, what I said there, is that this is how we pull things, the mouth, using the mouth, it's how we pull things in the spiritual realm into the physical realm. So your mouth becomes a device. Your mouth becomes a vessel. Your mouth becomes the means by which you take what's in a spirit and you bring it to in the natural. The devil, knowing that, has sought many, many, many times to influence to manipulate the things that are out there that we see 
so that we can use our mouths to agree with those things that the spies did when they came back and brought the evil report. And in so doing, in the end, those people didn't get to see the goodness of God. They died in the wilderness. They didn't get to see. You remember when Jesus spoke to the, let's look at it. I think it's in John chapter 6, beginning from verse, uh, let's say verse 58. John chapter 6, verse 58. See, this is the bread that came down from heaven. It's not like the manna which our forefathers ate and yet died. He who, he who uh, takes this bread for his food shall live forever. Next. Say, he said these things in a synagogue while he was teaching at Capernaum. Next. He says, when the disciples heard this, many of them said, this is a hard and difficult and strange saying, an offensive and unbearable message. Who can stand to hear it? Who can be expected to listen to such teaching? This is coming, this is what Jesus has said to them. That you gotta eat my, my body and, and drink my blood. And they're saying, this is a hard and, and of course. Uh, in the book of uh, Leviticus, Moses was told to tell the children of Israel they shouldn't eat anything with blood in it. And so that's why in kosher meat, they drain all the blood from the meat uh, before the, 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 the Jewish people eat it. That's what makes a meat kosher. Drain of all, all blood. So here it is that they are thinking natural. They are thinking physical. They are thinking, this man wants us to be cannibals. He wants us to eat his body. He wants us to drink his blood. And they say, this is a hard and difficult and strange saying, an offensive and unbearable message. Who can stand to hear it? Who can be expected to listen to such teaching? Look at the next verse. But Jesus, knowing within himself that his disciples, this were his disciples. Not only the 12. Sometimes when we think about the disciples, we think of only the 12. There were more than 12 disciples. At one point, Jesus called the 70, if you remember. He said, but Jesus, knowing within him, said that his disciples were complaining and protesting and grumbling about said to them, is this a stumbling block and an offense to you? Does this upset and displease and shock and scandalize you? What then will be your reaction if you see, you see the Son of Man ascending to the place where he was before? He was telling them about the ascension from Mount Olives. He said, what then will be your reaction if you, you see the Son of Man ascending to the place where he was before? But the angels said to, to the say, you men of Galilee, Remember when in Acts chapter 1, when Jesus ascended on, and he said the same uh, Jesus that you see him going up will come back. You remember that? Yeah. And so he was telling them then that this is going to happen. So you, 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 you think it's a scandal for, you to, for me to tell you you're going to eat my body and drink my blood. All he was saying that his body will be representation representation of, of, of the healing that will take place 
in our bodies whilst he took the brunt of the whooping in his body. And his blood that we had to, he was telling that you have to drink, was going to be uh, the representation of the blood that will wash away our sins. They didn't understand it. That's why when you read the Bible, you have to ask the Holy Ghost, help me to understand it. Give me a revelation. Because the Holy Ghost wrote this Bible. And so he, being the author, knows how to explain it to you. That's so many times we come to Bible study. I'm praying that we come to study to show ourselves, approve unto God, workmen that need not to be ashamed, rally dividing the word of truth. We'll call upon you the spirit of truth. Who is the Holy Ghost? To our sisters to rally divide this word. Because if you don't rally divide it, because people who don't rightly divide the word end up teaching old covenant messages as if they're still relevant in this new covenant that we are in. They don't rightly divide in it. All right, so uh, let's continue. It's next verse, verse 63. It is the spirit who gives life. He is a life giver. The flesh conveys no benefit whatever. There is no profit in it. The worst truths that I have been speaking to you are spirit and life. Think about it. So the flesh conveys no benefit. Now you hear this and you say, well, what Jesus is saying, that what the flesh conveys does not compute in the spiritual realm. That's what real reality exists. You follow this here? Because when the flesh sees things, feels things, tastes things, and thinks those things are real. What is more real is what gave the, uh, the root or the foundation to the flesh. The spirit gave foundation to the flesh. And so, what I mean by the flesh is the body, and so, or the physical realm. And so, what we're saying, you use your mouth, you go into the spiritual realm, and pull that in the spiritual realm into the material realm. And so, your mouth is important, and Satan wants to attach himself to your mouth, make you speak certain things with the intention of creating a reality that goes against God. So this verse says that, next verse, uh, next verse, it says, but still some of you fail to believe and trust and have faith. For Jesus knew from the first who did not believe and had no faith and who would betray him and be false to him. And Jesus loved them. Do you know he loved Judas all the way to the very end? He broke bread with him. He had, he had the last supper. Judas was at the last supper. Go figure it out. He was at the last supper. Even when Jesus washed his apostles' feet, remember that? Do you know Judas' feet were washed by Jesus? And he knew that this was the man that was going to betray him? That's love. And love never fails. For Jesus knew from the first who did not believe and had no faith and who would betray him and be false to him. Next verse. And he said, this is why I told you that no one can come to me unless it is granted him, unless he is enabled to do so by the Father. 
That is why when the rapture occurs this very second, when if the rapture were to occur, the Holy Spirit will be here. We will go to heaven where the Holy Spirit will be here. You know why? Because there are people that will be saved during the tribulation. There are people who will come to this hill, walk into this building, and see all of this. They see Jesus as Lord on the wall, with all that getting good understanding, and the word of life changes lives, and love never fails, and they're trying to figure out what it is. Some may fall on their faces by the altar and call upon the name of the Lord, and they will be saved. They will have to go through the tribulation, though, For more information on Pastor Alexander Arthur or Word of Life Christian Center International, go to WLCCI.org or call 615-876-3086. And please consider joining us in person for services Sunday mornings at 1030 and Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. Or join us for our virtual services on both Facebook and YouTube. Uh, Thank you for listening to our program uh, this morning. And uh, for those of you who have not had the opportunity to receive Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior, will you pray this prayer with me? Say, Jesus, you are my Lord and my Savior. And I ask you to come into my life. Take it and do something with it. In Jesus' name, amen. At Word of Life Christian Center International, we believe in the power of prayer. Send us your prayer requests by email at worship at wlcci.org or by phone at 615-876-3086. You can mail prayer requests to us at WLCCI, P.O. Box 23421, Nashville, Tennessee 37202. And remember, for all you're getting, get understanding. For the Word of Life, changes lives. Welcome to This Word is Your Life with Pastor Alexander Arthur, coming to you from Word of Life Christian Center International in Nashville, Tennessee. So if you can't do it now, praise the Lord, and if you think what we're going through is bad, you haven't seen nothing yet. What is coming on this earth? And so uh, he said, uh, he said, this is why I told you that no one can come to me unless it is granted him, unless he's enabled to do so by the Father. Remember, I told you Sunday that Jesus always talked about the name of God as a father to them, not the other Jewish names that we often would talk about. And it doesn't change those names about God, but he wanted those of us who are born again to know that God is our Father. You follow this? And it's important. Okay, after this, and this is, I read all this to read this to you. After this, many of disciples drew back, returned to their old associations. What do you think the old associations were? Judaism. They returned to their and no longer accompany him. Because in Judaism, You can eat bodies. You can drink blood. Because Moses said you can't. And that's what he was saying. But they took it to be that way. You know how sometimes people misread your intentions? People misread what you're saying to them? And they did that. But the sad thing is because they were offended, they returned 
to their old earth. Can you imagine? That means that they miss going to heaven. They miss it. And that's why no one here will miss it in the name of Jesus. Now, so, the mouth is important. Go to Proverbs chapter 13, verse 2. Proverbs 13, verse 2. It says that a good man is good from the fruit of his mouth. Now, we say God is good, and a good man is good because God has made him good. Amen. Hello? Because the only way you can be good is you get the good from the one who is good. <laughs> and so God is calling you a good man for my first Sunday. See yourself the way God sees you. Don't see yourself the way you see yourself. Because if you see yourself the way you see yourself, you will think of no value to you because you know you. <laughs> but God knows you better. Because God always knows your ending and then from your beginning. And your ending is awesome, glorious to God. Did you hear me? You have a glorious ending. So glorious. And God sees value in you because of it. And so he wants you to see yourself the way he sees you rather than see yourself the way you see yourself. Because we all miss it, including me. You know, when I was talking to my son in the ministry, he said, but, but dad, hey, papa, he calls me papa. So said, how is it that <laughs> uh, a grown man called me papa? But he said, anyway, he said, why is it that, that there were uh, ministers, powerful ministers that prophesied that uh, President Trump would win and he lost? And so, you know, uh, well, well, what about that? That's what sons do. They go to their fathers for answers. And our father is God. So we go to him for answers. And when I told him was this, listen, son, remember, when they brought a coin to Jesus and they said to him that this is a coin and they asked him, do you pay taxes? The Pharisees were trying to trick him. You remember that? And he asked them, whose superscription or whose image is on a coin. And they said to him, oh, it sees the superscription, it Caesar's image. And he said, okay, if that is the case, render unto Caesar what is Caesar's, and render unto God what is God. That's an awesome statement. And what it meant is, is that we, we live in a natural, physical realm, and we live under government. And so we render unto that government what we should render to it, but we also must render unto God what we should render unto God. And he used the image, whoever's image you have is whom you render to. My image and your image is the image of God. So we are to render ourselves to God. The psalmist said at one time, what can I render unto my Lord? Myself. All God wants is you. He wants you more than you want to give you to him. He wants you. He wants to fellowship with you. So he wants you. So you ask the question, what can I render? What shall I render unto the Lord? He wants you to render yourself. 
And some will sing the song, I surrender. I, you know, God wants you to just surrender yourself to him. Just like you render unto Caesar what is Caesar's, render unto God. You are God's property. He made you. Oh, praise the Lord. Mike to Minister Lisa. And as we're doing that, let's go to uh, Mark chapter 11, verses 23 to 24. Mark 11, verses 23 to 24. I was thinking about um, what we were talking about a few minutes ago, how the spirit realm is the root mm -hmm. and the physical is the fruit of what's taking place in the spirit realm. And so... A lot of people are upset, you said livid, about some things that take place today. But we got to really think about it from the perspective of God. He is allowing things to line up according to what he said will take place. And so we can't be upset. We have to be motivated to really look at people from God's perspective and how much they need the Lord. So that that spirit of discord and violence and it's the enemy and he wants to distract us from what our cue our real purpose is, which is to be about God's business and ask people and I want to say beg but um, Invite them to come to see yes, the Lord. Yes, ask yeah. them to come. Yeah. It's, this is going to be an internal decision. Yeah. Um, and so we can't get upset. We, we, have, we can be righteously indignant, but we got to look beyond what's yeah. taking place, if, if you understand what I'm trying yeah. to say. I think part of it is, is that we have to remember, as you just said there, we have to remember that, that is, even though God has given each of us a free will, that we are, we are free moral agents to use our will to make any choice, God also has a free will. And his free will, he has purposed certain things to happen, such as how long this earth will continue to go on like this until he says it's time. Because Jesus said, only God knows when it is time. And when the time comes, and God says time, he will send, uh, as uh, the Bible says, uh, the Lord Jesus Christ uh, to come in, in, in First Corinthians with the archangel to blow the trumpet and, you know, the dead in Christ shall rise first and those of us who remain will be, yeah, we, we're going to be with him forever. So, so the, the God knows when that will be. So man can do whatever he wants until then. And so we are operating within the confines of his total, complete plan. And what we want can never override what he wants. And so when certain things are coming on, and, and I, I saw the Lord about it. I said, Lord, what is going on? And what, this is what he said to me. And I shared with uh, Pastor Carissa and a few others, uh, a few of my pastor friends. I said, what the Lord said to me? Because they called me and asked me. <laughs> so, well, uh, and, uh, and, 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 and that's what you do. You go to God. God, God what is going on? And he said, son, you will know by and by. That's what he told me. I will know why by and by. Which means that it's not yet time for him to show me, as he did in 2016, who was going to win the election. 
And I told Pastor Carissa about it. I think I shared that with you. And, and this time he didn't tell me. But when the election was over and all the confusion is still going on as we know today, and I saw it and I said, what is going on? Now I understand why he didn't reveal it to me. But the point is, is that notwithstanding, he's telling me, I will find out by and by. I will know that by and by. Why is that? Because there's a struggle going on in the heavenlies. The Bible says we're wrestling not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, the rulers of the darkness of this world, and spiritual wickedness in high places. And there is a lot going on in the realm of the spirit, which is why we saints, we believers, we so-called Christians ought to be able to put our ears to the mouth of our God to hear him succinctly and clearly in this day and age as to what is going on and what he will tell us to do in the face and in the midst of all of this. Because if there is going to be a resolution for the better to occur, it will come from the church. You know, anything that you make as God that is not God will crumble. God is letting us know, even government. You know, it is said of all the governments that have been established, designed by man, democratic government has been the best. And yet, it is struggling. That means there's nothing that man devises, man designs outside of God that, that, that will succeed, that will prevail. You know, there is theocracy. Theocracy is a government of God led by a man of God, a spiritual leader that speaks to the, the, the secular realm leaders, the secular leaders, just like in the children of Israel. If you remember, there were prophets who were considered the fathers of the land, like Samuel, to Saul, who, who came and, uh, and anointed Saul to be king and anointed David to be king and no one could be king in the land unless a prophet, the leading prophet of the land, has anointed a person for that position. If you read the book of First Kings, there's a lot of times God will send Elisha or somebody else, Elisha, will delegate to go and anoint someone to be king in Israel, in the northern part of the country. What is the point I'm making? That is theocracy. Democracy is man making decisions without God. And it will come to a point where it will reach its limit. Because anything that is designed by man to be independent of God will never succeed. So, uh, what is that? Mark eleven twenty three. Yeah. We can do that. Mark eleven twenty three. It says, Truly I tell you, whoever says to this mountain, be lifted up, again says, it takes you using your mouth to speak or to say, be lifted up and thrown into the sea, and does not doubt at all in his heart, but believes that what he says will take place, it will be done for him. Again, believe. Well, we're talking about the, the, the theme tonight is simply how to receive God's goodness. For more information on Pastor Alexander Arthur or Word of Life Christian Center International, go to wlcci.org or call 615-876-3086.
And please consider joining us in person for services Sunday mornings at 10.30 and Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. Or join us for our virtual services on both Facebook and YouTube. Uh, thank you for listening to our program uh, this morning. And uh, for those of you who have not had the opportunity to receive Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior, will you pray this prayer with me? Say, Jesus, you are my Lord and my Savior. And I ask you to come into my life. Take it and do something with it. In Jesus' name, amen. At Word of Life Christian Center International, we believe in the power of prayer. Send us your prayer requests by email at worship at wlcci.org or by phone at 615-876-3086. You can mail prayer requests to us at WLCCI PO Box 23421, Nashville, Tennessee 37202. And remember, for all you're getting, get understanding. For the Word of Life, changes lives.